Today we recite uh, section 9 and 10. Uh, let us begin. May I abide pervading one quarter with mind imbued with loving friendliness, likewise the second quarter, likewise the third, the fourth, so above, below, around, and everywhere, to all as myself. May I abide pervading the all-embracing world with mind imbued with loving friendliness, immune, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. May I abide pervading one quarter with mind of imbued with compassion, likewise the second quarter, likewise the third, the fourth, so above, below, around, and everywhere, so all of us to myself. <coughs> well, with mind imbued with compassion, abiding, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. May I abide pervading one quarter with the mind imbued with the joy in the good fortune of others, likewise the second quarter, likewise the third and the fourth, so above, below, around, and everywhere. So all as myself, may I abide pervading the old embracing living friend, with mindful breed, with the joy, with good fortune, and imbued, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. May I abide pervading one quarter with mind imbued with equanimity, likewise the second quarter, likewise the third, the fourth, so above, below, round, and everywhere. To all us, myself, <coughs> may I abide pervading all the embracing world with mind imbued with equanimity, imbued exalted, immeasurable, without hostility. <clears throat> By the blessings that I have received from my practice, may my venerable preceptors and teachers who have helped me, mother, father, and relatives, male and female rulers, worldly powers, virtuous human beings, the high beings, demons and high gods, the guardian deities of the world, celestial beings, the Lord of death, friendly people, indifferent and hostile. May all beings be well. May the skillful deeds done by me bring you threefold bliss. May this quickly bring you to the deathless. By this action of the future, <coughs> may I likewise attain the cutting off of craving and clinging. Wherever I fault I have until I attain liberation. May they quickly perish. Wherever I am born, may there be an upright mind, mindfulness and wisdom, austerity and vigor. May harmful influences not affect myself. The Buddha is the unexcelled protector. Dhamma is the supreme protection. Fearless is the silent Buddha. The Sangha is my true refuge. By the power of this and by these blessings, by means of these meritorious deeds, 
May I never join with the foolish. May I join always with the wise until the time I attain Nibbana. May the suffering be free from suffering. May the fear struck be free from fear. May the grieving be free from grief. So too may all beings be. And all. with form and without form, with perception and without perception, be released from all suffering and attain to perfect peace. I think these are very beautiful concluding words of this short retreat. When we have very pleasant, beautiful experience, any time we first think of our loved ones, you may have had similar experiences in your life. When you go somewhere, meet certain situations which brings you tremendous joy, happiness, and you really like that, at that moment you wish, how nice if my brother, my sister, my father, my mother, my husband, my wife, my children, my relatives were with me. They too would enjoy the same joy and happiness I enjoyed now. Similarly, when we practice something very spiritual, very noble, very holy, that is the time we think of our loved ones, our parents, teachers, relatives, friends, indifferent persons, even hostile persons, and all living beings to have the same experience as we have. I think during this short retreat, at least you might have had some moments of joy, peace and happiness. That is unforgettable experience. Although you might have struggled for some times to gain peace and happiness, but eventually you definitely might have had few moments of joy and happiness and recall it and wish your parents, teachers, relatives, friends, indifferent persons, hostile persons and all living beings to be in that position as you had. When we practice metta, when we gain concentration, mindfulness and wisdom, it is very unlikely we become arrogant, aggressive, unfriendly. All these noble qualities make us humble and simple. We really develop our compassion through these practices, metta towards ourselves, 
compassion towards ourselves, appreciating our own success and cultivating altruistic state of equanimity towards ourselves and towards others, seeing the reality in life, we become so intimidated with the reality. In front of reality we all are humble and simple. For example, when we cultivate mindfulness, we see we all are changing incessantly, fading away, growing old, falling sick, separating from our loved ones and passing away. This happens to us every moment. No matter how hard we try to hide them, how hard we try to fight them, eventually we meet them, whether we like them or not. Seeing this reality in meditation makes us very humble, very simple, less arrogant, less proud. No, we can, no can we have any pride in our youthful appearance, health, wealth, gains, popularity, none of these things can stop us from losing what we have. That is the nature of Dhamma. Friends, Dhamma is not invented by the Buddha. Dhamma is not created by one single being. This is an ancient law ancient truth, eternal truth, permanent truth. Dhamma doesn't vary from person to person, situation to situation, time to time. Dhamma is universal, and we all are subject to Dhamma. Dhamma itself exists without anybody's influence. And that is why the Buddha said, whether the Buddhas come into existence or not, this established Dhamma, this element of Dhamma exists. Uppadava bhikkave tathagatanam, anuppadava tathagatanam, thitava sadhatu dhamma titata, dhamma niyamata, Sabbe Sankhara Anichati Tantatagatu Abhisambujati Abhisameti Abhisambujitwa Abhisametwa Ajikati Deseti Panyapeti Patapeti Vivarati Vibhajati Uttani Karoti This very beautiful passage we should remember. <coughs> It means because 
whether the Buddhas come into existence or not, this eternal Dhamma, established Dhamma, this element of Dhamma exists. That is, all conditioned things are impermanent. All conditioned things are unsatisfactory. All conditioned things, all Dhammas are without self. The Buddha realizes, Buddha realizes this truth, understand this truth, comprehend this truth, having realized, understood, comprehended the Buddha's teach, explain, describe, make clear to us, and therefore This Dhamma is not the Buddha's creation. There are things in the universe, they all are impermanent. All the Buddhas do is that they help us to open our mind. They give us a key to open the door or into seeing this reality, the door is insight, mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom. That is the key. We cultivate it. Everything we practice in the name of compassion, loving friendliness, appreciative joy, equanimity, are a part and parcel of our practice of mindfulness, insight, wisdom. We don't try to visualize anything, imagine anything, bring any artificial things to us. Every artificiality is just mere imagination that delude our mind. And Buddha is a one who removed, helped us to remove this delusion. Not too many people understand it or pay attention to it. Therefore, friends, this is very beautiful meaningful, insightful, compassionate teaching for us to face reality, to make us understand the Dhamma that exists by itself. And our duty is to understand it. Only when we are grown matured spiritually, we understand it. Otherwise, we continue to grow in the dark, going from place to place, seeking this method and that method, without ever coming to understanding. We will die confused, 
unmindful. So please remember this. Try to clarify your mind, purify your mind through this wonderful practice. Whenever we share our loving friendliness with others, we increase our own spiritual skill. Whenever we share others' skill, we increase our skill. So this, there is an interchanging effort in practice. We want to share our noble things with others and rejoice in others' noble things. And this kind of exchange is extremely important. That is why at the end of our short retreat, we want to share our metta with others. And I wish others to live in peace and harmony. So let us continue this short session. Clearing our mind with <coughs> using mindfulness. Seeing what is happening with investigation. Developing our energy, spiritual energy, and experiencing joy. Making the body and mind calm and relaxed. Gaining concentration. Developing equanimity of unity. Equanimity derives, derived from unity is the equanimity deriving from concentration. That is the state of mind which is very powerful to see things more clearly and going back to mindfulness. So this we repeat again and again, just like the Noble Eightfold Path, we keep repeating them in many, many times until we reach perfections of this practice of the Noble Eightfold Path or the factors of enlightenment until we attain enlightenment. Even if it doesn't happen very quickly, our effort would not be wasted. Our effort will have, will lay the foundation, make our practice strong, so that one day we will get there. So with this courage, determination, we continue our practice. Pay total attention to the breath and be fully aware of the impermanent nature of breath. 
Pay attention to the feelings that arises as you breathe in and out and see how feeling changes as breath changes. Pay attention to your perception of the feeling and the breath and see how the perception changes. Pay attention to your intentional attention itself as the feeling, the breath, perception change. Intentional attention also changes. Be aware of your awareness or consciousness and that also changes. In these five aggregate, nothing can you find static remaining even for two consecutive moments. All we experience, whether we open our eyes or close our eyes, whether we sit, stand, walk, lie down or talk, <clears throat> whether we are in silence or engaged in activities, they are changing. With deep mindfulness we can see how all the five aggregates involved in all our activities every single moment and see all of them changing incessantly. They must change in order to keep us alive. Breath must change in order to bring new oxygen to exchange with carbon dioxide. Feeling must change in order to get rid of unpleasant feeling, to bring pleasant feeling, and pleasant feeling changes. Not we wish to get unpleasant feeling, pleasant feeling itself becomes static if it, don't, if it doesn't change. Our perception changes volitional formations of thoughts change, consciousness change. If they don't change, we will remain static, stale, get stuck. As they change, we experience freshness, newness, and remain in the present moment knowing their changes, seeing their changes. Everything must change in order to move on. Metabolism must change. Water changes. Cells changes. Everything continuously changes whether we are in action, activity or not in order to keep us alive, to learn, to remember, to improve, to grow, to develop, there must be changes. And that is the very nature of our existence. A small fraction of them <coughs> we notice in meditation, and this 
awareness continuously grow all the time. When we are fully aware of every change, we will be able to remove all our rigidity, uptightness, arrogance, hatred and so on and become very relaxed, comfortable, knowing that we cannot fight. We just submit ourselves to this reality, accept it and go along with it. If we do not attain full enlightenment, at least this much is enough for our effort, for our struggle as a reward. With this in mind, we continue to practice. So when I stop talking, you may reflect on them and you may see the results for yourself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>